welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Grace Atwood. And this is our second time recording this intro-outro because I somehow created an audio file that was zero seconds long the last time we did it. It's okay. Now we've, we've practiced, so it's going to be even better. And I'm super excited because I think people are going <laughs> to be very amped about this episode. I was going to say that it was much requested, but I don't think anyone's ever specifically requested it, but it's definitely kind of in FAQ territory. So we are joined today by the interior designers who did both of our apartments. And so we're talking all about our own decor experiences and then also more generally tons of tips and resources and Wait, you said did because I want people to know mine is not near finished. Oh, okay. (laughs) Mine is very much in progress. Slash are doing. (laughs) Yes. Just to correct that one little error. But as I sit in a pile of books. But before we get into that, this episode is brought to you by Rent the Runway. It is time to get dressed again, and Rent the Runway is here to help. So we'll tell you more about why we love them later in the episode, but want to let you know that you can take 40% off two months of an eight or 16 item plan with code BOP at rentthorunway.com. This episode is also brought to you by Night, the pioneers of beauty sleep products like their beloved Night Pillow. We'll tell you more about them later in the episode, but letting you know that you can get 20% off site-wide at discovernight.com with code BOPNIGHT. All right. So before we get to Erin and Emma, let's talk about us. Yeah. What's your high? Um, My high is that we have started casting for the new project I'm working on that I still can't talk about. Um. (laughs) I'm so excited though. Casting is, I mean, I like casting in general, but it's its really fun to hear somebody read something we've been working on out loud and to hear it kind of come to life and like gut check that it's good and it's funny. Um, yeah. So it's been really exciting. So we've been doing casting sessions all this week and I don't know, I just feel like really giddy. Like I feel like we're onto something. I'm excited. Well, you told me a couple little updates and I am just like very – I just bow down. Like you you guys are like on the next level. It's also it's also a low. I mean, it's a roller coaster. We've already gotten no's from a couple people who we were really excited about. But like onward forward, oh, I can't wait until I can tell you guys about this. But um, lawyers. Anyway, that's my <laughs> high. What's your high? My high was just I had a really nice weekend. I had a friend visiting me and we did all sorts of fun Charleston things. We went to a few of my favorite restaurants. We went out to Sullivan's Island for the day. Um, It was just really nice. That sounds so nice. Yeah. Oh, and I got to meet Haters, which was wonderful. He's exactly like I thought he would be. Um, And he did not make any content about me. Liz and I were joking. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, you can use us. I don't think we're interesting enough. Like, we're like pretty, like, basic, boring bloggers. <laughs> I say that in the, like, most loving way. I don't mean to loop Liz in with my basic boringness, but. <laughs> what about on the low side? Um, So I just feel really behind on everything, and I think I've just been going out too much. Like, I think that being in a new city and trying to make new friends, plus having friends visiting from out of town, plus um, just, like, the excitement of, like, I don't want to say the pandemic is over because it is obviously still going on, but with restrictions loosening up, um, I've been going out too much. I'm tired. <laughs> like, I'm really tired. You need introvert time. Yeah, I need to introvert. And I'm going to do that a bunch this coming weekend. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> what is your low? Mine is very apropos for this episode. I <laughs> had a couch fake out. So I said that I bought a new couch. It's the Lounge 2 sectional or cheese sectional from Crate and Barrel. Yes, I will tell you if I like it once it comes. Yes, I will post pictures. Um, But it's not slated to come until August. And on – August is actually pretty good, I feel like. Like everything is so delayed. Yeah, it's like four months from when I ordered it. So um, on Tuesday, I was sitting. I was doing work. I got a phone call. And they were like, hi, this is Crate and Barrel Delivery. Like, we're, we're calling to schedule delivery for your item on Thursday. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, it, it's a miracle. It's it's coming earlier. I was, like, so excited. And I was like, great. Awesome. And they're like, and just to confirm, your address is blah, blah, blah. And I was like, nope. And they were like, and your name is blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no. 
Um, so they mixed up my record with somebody else's. And so I had such like a high, high and then a really low, low when I realized that they just like called the wrong person. And my couch is still not scheduled to come until August. That is, that is very sad. It's like, you think that there's this miraculous thing happening and then it's like, no, actually. I'm just not a very patient person. I'm very afflicted with Violet Beauregard syndrome. Like I want it now. Oh, I mean, I am too. Like my whole low is that none of my furniture is here and my things are in piles and it's making me upset. <laughs> it's like such a stupid first world world problem. I just want my apartment to be finished and like pretty and have everything here. I feel like I just waffled so hard on my couch of like, do I want to get a new couch? Do I not want to get a new couch? I finally decided and then being like, now I have to wait four months. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a hard pill to swallow. But anyway, yeah. let's talk more about our apartments with our designers. Yes. So we have two guests today, which is a rarity here. First, we have Aaron Gates, a Boston-based interior designer, the blogger behind Elements of Style, New York Times bestselling author of two books, and maybe a third, wink, wink, <laughs> as well as a product designer with the eponymous collection of rugs, home accessories, play mats, and coming this summer, wallpaper. She's also a mom of two to Henry and Emma and is currently renovating her dream house in Wellesley, Massachusetts. Hi. <laughs> and we also have Emma Barrel joining us. Inspired by her travels, family, friends, and fashion, Emma always knew she wanted to be an interior designer. After training at the New York School of Interior Design, Emma has worked on a wide array of projects all over the world. In 2015, she started her own eponymous design firm, Emma Barrel, and Emma was recently named as a top new designer to watch by Lonnie Magazine. Welcome to Hello. both of you. Thank you. I'm so excited Thank to be you. here. What Me we didn't too. say is that Emma is the interior designer who did my apartment and Aaron is the interior designer who is doing Grace's apartment. So yes. there's a personal connection. Yes, there is. There's Very a reason cozy. you're here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so first things first, Emma, can you tell us a little bit about what the process of working with a designer usually looks like? We get this a lot where people aren't quite sure what the steps look between hiring someone and a finished home. Yeah. So I think every designer does work really differently. And I think that's actually one of the important things about making like a good client designer match and making sure you're as happy with like the finished product as you are with the process to get there. Um, but for me, we do like a walkthrough of the space um, and get really, really granular about what your goals are, how you use your space, what you um, initially liked about it, what's not working for you, all of that stuff. Um, and then that walkthrough like essentially becomes our to-do list so that as we're going through the project, we're just like making sure that we're hitting all of those goals. And then the first fun step is we go over mood boards. So any inspiration that you have saved, maybe it's like a hotel you stayed at something um, on Pinterest or Instagram or whatever. And then all of our ideas, we put boards together and meet and like really, really break those down in a lot of detail to see what you're responding to. Um, if there are a few people living there, make sure everybody's kind of on the same page and then use all of those notes to kind of make up our design concept. So that's um, everything we use to do the selections and the floor plans and pick out materials and all of that stuff. Present a couple of options for that. And then we go all the way through to procurement. So handle ordering everything. Um, and then once everything arrives, styling the apartment, hanging pictures, and just making sure that when we're done, we're like 100% done and your space is exactly how you want it to be. So you said that it's different for everyone. Erin, does your process work the same way or is it different? It's pretty similar. Um, we do the same same kind of walkthrough and, um, you know, the very detailed discussion about how you live and how people use the space and what you want from it. And same thing with going over Pinterest images. And, and one of the important things I always ask my clients is to make sure they make notes on other Pinterest images because... They could pin something and send it to me and be like, I love it. And I look at it and say, oh, I bet she loves the chandelier. But jokes on me, they actually like the rug, but they didn't <laughs> notate that. So then I am like picking it and they're like, oh, no, actually that, no, I, I hate that chandelier. So um, giving them good, clear instruction as how to communicate likes, dislikes. I have them also create a board of dislikes because you never know. You could find someone who just absolutely despises a certain pattern and, and 
they're nervous to tell you and it's easier to just like create a board. Um, and you know, it depends on the job too, if it's construction versus just decorating with construction, there's so many more steps and so many more people involved in the process. So, you know, communication is certainly key with everybody on the team creating this home for someone. Um, but yeah, no, our process is super similar. I think we have a lot of back and forth with our clients about the boards we develop. Like, they're like, I love everything, but I, I'm not sure about that coffee table. Can I see a couple other options? Like we like to have it be collaborative too and not just like dictating. Here's what I see for your space and <laughs> that's it. Um, Cause I have run into that in this business that some people operate that way. Um, I like to incorporate, you know, stuff with stories and patina and art people have collected and you want the space to reflect them as a person and as their family and not have it look like me, have it look like them. So I was kind of long winded, but no, I think that's, that's helpful to process. set us up. So like people know how it, how it works. So yeah, I have, we have a lot of specific questions and we have some more general ones. I thought it would be interesting to start more specific and I'm going to put Aaron and Grace in the hot seat and I want to talk about <laughs> Grace's apartment first and then we'll flip, but okay. Okay. So the first question is to Grace. So why did you want to work with a designer on your apartment in the first place? I think there was two reasons. First was the practical one and that I was living in New York and trying to like buy furniture and like figure out what I was taking with me from New York and also what I needed that was new and what was going to fit because we're doing it all from afar. And given like how bad lead times were, I was like, I need someone to help me. Like Erin has like, I measured, we measured everything and Erin then can like use her software or whatever you use, Erin, and like <laughs> tell me like what's going to fit. And then also like give me like some some hard words. Like she was like, your couches need to go. And I was like, but I love my couches. And so that was like good. The other thing is that I I love this stuff. Um, but the problem is, is that I'm a color monster. And if I'm left to my own devices, I will make a t like terrible decisions. So by the time I left my Brooklyn apartment, it was giving me a headache. Like I had green and white checkerboard floors. I had this like palm leaf cloth and it was all very fun, but it was just so much. Like I love collecting art. I love like finding really cool objects and antiques, but I need someone who can like kind of put me in my place and be like, how about we do like a nice neutral couch? And like, I'd be, I would have bought a green velvet couch if I wasn't working with Erin. I ordered a like beige linen couch, the beautiful one from Maiden Home. It's very like nice and sophisticated. But, like in my head, I think that everything is going to be like really beautiful and sophisticated. And then when it comes together, it's like color monster. Um, so I needed like, a chaperone almost like <laughs> I needed an adult also just like I like Aaron's taste level so I knew well I was gonna ask how did you find yeah. Aaron? um Aaron and I have been Instagram friends for like 10 years um yeah so we've followed each other forever like before there was Instagram I read her blog um I own both of her books Aaron by the way your book is in my lobby upstairs of my building really? I was so oh, excited that's so funny yeah <laughs> Um, so I was a fan and we regularly DM and we were like messaging back and forth about how there's no right angles in Charleston homes. And we were laughing and one thing led to another and we decided to work together. Okay. So now I'm very curious. I feel like this is um, the newlywed game. Okay. So Grace, <laughs> how would you describe your interior style? I would say it's like colorful. I want my, my space to feel like really inspiring and interesting and I want someone to walk into my home and be like, oh, somebody fun lives there. But um, it's a little all over the place, which is why I need help. So wait, Erin, <laughs> do you agree? How would you describe Grace's style? Yes, I would say, you know, I was super familiar with her New York apartment and how bold it was. And so, but she did communicate to me, like, I want to go a different direction. Like I wanted, I wanted to look a little more grown up. And what's funny is she loves color, but kept sending me all these pictures that were like, all neutral so um <laughs> I, like ice wounds house like, yeah i kept it, sending it, her ice wounds house i was like yeah, this, i want you're this. like this and i'm like that has zero color <laughs> she's like this but with color i'm like okay so this would totally um, something completely different <laughs> make it blue i love blue but make it green um so i would say that it's um she's 
she has like strong opinions and eclectic taste and loves antiques and loves art and has like a real connection to the objects and items she's gathered over time, which I really respect. So I wanted to find a way to, to kind of bring in some of that more tailored, neutral um, look in combination with these things that mean a lot to her that bring a lot of color into her, her space. And so you said, and I've heard this from Grace too, that the style of this new apartment is going to be pretty different from her Brooklyn space. So like, what were your key considerations, like building something completely different? And also it's just like very different layout wise. Yeah, it's very different layout wise. It actually ended up being smaller, oddly, but um, the living space, but she has two bedrooms now. So you get to, you know, like create a whole separate guest bedroom, which is such a great space to have that's my room in yeah Yeah. and um yeah it's like very modern it's brand new um so wanting to kind of incorporate all of the details that they've already put in place like as far as like hard surface finishes um but also I wanted to like remind her of New York too so so working in some of that bright color uh is certainly important and kind of plus it's Charleston which is colorful and happy and you know all of you know the, she has amazing light in this place so I wanted to make sure that we just kind of like captured all of that wait so I also know that Grace wants everything to be circular is that from you or is that from that Joyful? is not from me <laughs> is that from Joyful <laughs> It's from Joyful. I read that rounded objects make you happy. And that also comes from following Spoon and liking all the geometric stuff she has. Like, it's not even just circles. Like, she had that, like, angular coffee table. But then you found me that beautiful round coffee table. which I love. Yeah. Like, it's coming in, like, the fall. (laughs) Yeah. Good luck. We'll see it someday. And the chair. The CB2, like, the rounded chair. Like, I wanted to make sure... Because there's a lot of right angles in this apartment um, and you do want to mix in like softer edges and curves. And so I think we were able to do that, but not make it um, like comically everything is circle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I wasn't trying to make it like a comical, but I just I I really like the book Becca referenced is Joyful by Ingrid Fatelli. And it's a great book just about the way that inanimate objects can make us really happy. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to have to read that. It's a good, it's a good book. It's very yeah. scientific. Like it's, I thought it was going to be like really fluffy, but it was like very academic in some ways. That's, yeah. true. that's interesting. It's true. I mean, it's true. I think through the pandemic, we've learned that, you know, first of all, you know, interior designers have never been busier because I think everybody is stuck in their homes and realizing how much of an impact your space has on your mental health and how you work and how you live and how you uh, come together and stay apart as a family. So it's, um, I think it's, uh, we're all in that space now where we actually recognize that thing, the items in our home really do influence our mood and our mental health. So, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Okay, let's take a quick break to talk about a sponsor. So we've been talking about Rent the Runway for the past few weeks because we are genuinely obsessed with the service, and they're back as a sponsor too, and we couldn't be more excited. So after a year of living in sweatpants, I feel totally out of my depths getting dressed. Plus, if I'm being honest, half of my clothes don't fit right now. But I'm actually not worried about it because Rent the Runway is the perfect solution. With Rent the Runway, you can access thousands of designer pieces from occasion dresses to jewelry and accessories to loungewear from over 700 brands like so many of my favorites like Tanya Taylor, DVF, Fig, Rebecca Taylor, Veronica Beard, and more. And it's all for one low monthly price. So we both have the 16-item plan. So what that means is that you get four shipments per month with four items each, so you always have something new to wear. Plus, they take care of the shipping and dry cleaning fees. And here in New York City, I found the shipping to be really, really fast. So usually my items get here in one to two days. And they just added a new feature where you can pick your next shipment before sending your current items back. So there's literally no lag time. Yes, 
I want to note that the shipping in Charleston is actually really fast too. Um, I rented so many great things this month. Um, and since moving to the South, I've been wanting to up my summer dress game as it's been way too warm for jeans and Rent the Runway has definitely helped. Um, I have rented just so many bold, bright, fun pieces. First, there was this big blue puff sleeve dress from Farm Rio. It had this fun tropical banana print. Um, and the other dress that I really loved was from Tanya Taylor. It's a really pretty silk with a flamingo print. Um, and I just, I love everything that I rented this month. And I'm personally toying with keeping both of those dresses. So I was a member pre-quarantine. You were too. And I'm so excited to get back into it. I love renting. I find that it lets me be so much more experimental with my style. And I find so many new to me designers through the service. And I really love that you can buy things. It's kind of one of my number one sources, or at least pre-pandemic it was, for new clothes. I love that if you rent something and you really love it, you can buy it outright for a really steep discount over retail. It's like try before you buy. Yes. Rent the Runway is really changing how the world gets dressed. So if you want in, you can take 40% off two months of either an eight or 16 item plan with code BOP at rentthrunway.com. Again, that's 40% off two months of an 18 or 16 item plan with code BOP at rentthrunway.com. Um, let's move gears and talk about Becca's apartment. Becca, why did you want to work with an interior designer? Okay. So there were two reasons. So the first reason was, so when I moved to New York City in 2012, I had never lived in an apartment longer than 18 months. Like I was just in that phase of my life where it was just always moving somewhere new. And so I lived in my first New York apartment in the city. Um, I ended up living there all, all together for six and a half years, but like around year three, I was like, oh, like I'm going to keep living here. Like, I guess I should decorate it. <laughs> and like, I kind of like graduated from, you know, like that early mid twenties where you're just, you know, constantly moving and like, you don't really collect that much furniture or stuff. And so when I moved into this apartment, I was like, okay, I'm going to stay here for a while. Like I, I want to decorate first thing instead of waiting three years. So that was one thing is I like, I wanted help to do it up front. And the other thing is kind of like what you said, Grace, where like, I feel like I have very strong opinions on a micro level, but then I get really overwhelmed on the macro level of like, how does everything go together? Like if you showed me three chairs, I would be able to be like, I like that one. Or like, here's what I like or don't like about them. But if you were like, and especially because my living space is like one big open room, I was like, oh gosh, this has to be three rooms. Like, how do you, <laughs> how do you make this all go together? Totally. Like it's easy to find like one thing you really like and then it just looks like shit next to all of your other stuff. And you're like, why doesn't this work? <laughs> totally. Totally. I think the other part of that also is if before you hadn't thought about everything at once, like if your old apartment was more stuff that you kind of like inherited over time from like a roommate or whatever and didn't think through, it's hard to make it all feel cohesive. Um, so like getting to look at a space and especially for your space where, where it is all one room at one time also just makes the process like a lot smoother and easier and easier to imagine it all together. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Wait, now, Becca, how did you find Emma? Oh, I found Emma in a creepy way. So I found Emma <laughs> I <know this> story. <laughs> through, um, so Matt Bellisai, who I don't know, just somebody <laughs> I follow on the internet who makes those, he used to do those BuzzFeed videos where he would get drunk and complain about things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I followed him on Instagram and he at one point did his apartment and Emma was the designer who did it. And I'd saved, maybe I saved it on Pinterest or I don't know where I saved it, but I saved a photo of it. And when I moved into this apartment, I like came back to it and I was looking for a designer. And the first thing I did was I reached out to Home Polish, which now is no longer a thing. And they matched me with this designer who had only done like Upper East Side nurseries. And I was like, what makes you think based on, first of all, my taste, and second of all, like what I'm, the project that I'm asking you to do, that this is the right person to do it. And I, I was just like so angry. And I asked them to rematch me and it took forever. And like, I think this is probably when they were like falling apart too. But um, I was like, I'm taking matters into my own hands. And I'd followed Emma on Instagram. And I was like, I'm just going to DM her and like see because I didn't know how much it would cost. So I was like, this might be like wildly outside my price range. And so I just like, I think I emailed you or something. And I was like, and it ended up working out. And I was like, oh, so I just like, I shot, shoot, shooted my shot, my shot. Yeah. <laughs> that only works in the present tense to shoot your shot. I don't know what the past yeah. tense of shoot your shot is. 
Shouch. Yeah. Shouch. Shouch. Sounds not great. Becca, how would you describe your interior style? Well, I'm like nervous for this to be explained back to me. I don't know. You know what I feel like my interior style is, which is an insult to myself and not to Emma, is, um, you know, every article where they're like, here's everything that's wrong with millennial style. I'm like, I like all of them. (laughs) (laughs) When the cut has an article that's like taking down like what the interior of a wing looks like. I'm like, no, I'm like, let's get all that in here. (laughs) I feel like that's my style. But like, I don't know, like broadly, like colorful, a little bit eclectic. I don't know. Yeah, that's honestly that is very aligned with how I would not not the not, not the insulting part. <laughs> the colorful fun part. To be part. clear, that, like that was an insult to me, not to you. Um, no, I mean that that is how I would describe your ty- your style. Uh, also, I feel like it's like very feminine, very fun, very colorful, um, willing to take chances. Um, you, I remember you came to me with like a lot of ideas. Like I think you had inspiration kind of from the get go. Um, I had a lot of photos. I think that I didn't have like a cohesive style though. I also think one of the things about me is that I am more easily to tell you what I hate than what I like. So like sometimes (laughs) starting from a list of things I hate where I'm like, don't put anything loose sight in here. Like, I don't like this. I don't like that. But then it's like, well, what do you like? And it's like, I don't know. (laughs) What's left? What's left? Yeah. (laughs) No, I think, Yeah. Emma, how did how did you think about designing Becca's space? Could you walk us through a little bit about how you kind of thought through that? Yeah, one of the biggest priorities I remember when we were starting um, your space, Becca, was talking about like the storage aspect and especially kind of figuring out the best way to display all the books that you have without it feeling like overwhelming. Um, so I think one of the like main focal points was the bookcase that we ended up building out, which like I that's my favorite moment in your apartment. I'm really Me too. Like, happy with that. Um, and then it was kind of like building from there. So then we wanted comfortable lounge seating, um, kind of surrounding the bookcase without distracting from it. And then, um, pulling the colors from that side of the room kind of evenly throughout the rest of the space and especially the open space. Cause I think sometimes when people use old colors, they tend to concentrate them. Um, and I don't think that works as well as kind of sprinkling it throughout and making your eye move around the space. Um, so we have like your colorful bar stools and then just like mostly neutral colors everywhere and then popping those little colors in I think is is a great way to do it so I want to move into some more general questions so I feel like people want to know about our stuff but then they also want to know about you know their own house so Erin I feel like the most valuable question we can answer for people is what are some of your favorite lesser known sources for affordable decor items I would. I made notes about this and left them on my desk in the barn um, <laughs> where I'm working right now. Um, one of our new favorites is Facebook Marketplace, which really? is like the new Craigslist slash cheaper version of like Cherish. It's like yesterday, one of the women who works for me had her husband drive like hours away to pick up this amazing table that was so underpriced because it's all these people who don't necessarily know what their stuff is worth or that it's trendy again. So they think it's out of style, but it's actually in style. So you're like, Oh yeah, that's, you could get twice as much for that, but I'm just going to snap it up. So we've been doing a lot on Facebook marketplace. Um, Etsy, obviously we did get a lot of um, custom pillows in designer fabrics for, for cheap. Um, versus using like our clients up here, we use a workroom to make everything. Um, and there are just people who are at home sewing on Etsy, you know, um, and buy the expensive fabrics and you don't have to buy the whole yard. You can just buy the one pillow. Um, oh, Urban Outfitters. Oh yeah, they are surprisingly step, good. I would not step a foot in anymore because, you know, I'm not 12, but they have some incredible rattan stuff right now, like incredible. And the price is so good. So it's actually, I saw a floor mirror that I made me think of you, Grace. Um, the other day. <laughs> I need a new um, floor mirror. I know. Yes. Um, so that I, we've been on that site recently ordering little, you know, items from there too, which shocked me to the core truly. But Emma, what Those about, are my couple good ones. What about you, Emma? Anything else on your list? 
Yeah, no. So I was going to say Facebook Marketplace and Etsy also. And then similarly to the Urban Outfitters, I like Target obviously is not lesser known, but I feel like if you're willing to go in there and really dig, they have some really great finds. And H&M Home also kind of same. It's it's, yeah, like undercover amazing finds. Amazing, like bedding and like yeah. tabletop stuff. And tabletop yeah. is great. I literally like just figured that out this year. <laughs> Sad, but you're. Right. Yeah, I feel like Emma, you you found my desk, which is from Target, and I never yes. would have. I'm also a person that sometimes when like crap is next to crap, it looks like when like something crap. nice is looks to crap, it looks like crap. <laughs> yeah, and I have a hard time seeing like picking out hidden gems and like, but when. I saw the desk in like the layout. I was like, oh, that's great. I love that. And you were like, it's from Target. It's $130. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah, you. It really is just about like layering it in with more high-end pieces. Um, and everything I feel like if it's set up well, looks so it's just merchandising. Like it looks so yeah. much better. Yeah. I think that's a great segue to the next question. Um, Emma, where do you usually advise clients to splurge versus save? Yeah, I think like that is one of those things that's more tailored to each project and and the way that you use your space. Um, Because like if you're somebody who like loves to lounge, then your sofa should be your splurge moment. If you're somebody who prefers um, a really nice outdoor setting, maybe like the outdoor furniture is is that for you. Um, But there are some things like anything that you interact with. So like a dresser or something with cabinets that gets a lot of like like human interaction and wear and tear. I would always say it's better to um, go with something more high quality for that. Um, area rugs. I actually like to do more high quality because I feel like the less expensive ones just feel cheap. Um, and then depending also light fixtures can be a really nice place because they're out of reach. You really can't break it. So it's, it's kind of less risky, especially if there are like kids or pets to splurge there and no one's going to break them. Yeah. What would you say your favorite sources for splurge items would be? For the area, so I mentioned like the area rugs. I've been really into finding vintage ones recently. Um, and my favorite places to do that are ABC, Mark Phillips, um, Lawrence of La Brea. And then also like Etsy can be really great for that too. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just like dig deep and spend a lot of time kind of searching around and know what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, Aaron, what about you? Do you, what are, what's your spending versus saving philosophy and favorite sources? Um, very similar to Emma in that, um, I think the things you're touching every day. So like kitchen cabinet hardware, um, definitely anything that has to function like drawer set. Like she said, we always advise people to splurge on their sofas or wherever they're going to, not necessarily in a room, they're not going to use like a formal living room or a, a sitting room, but in like the family room, like where you're going to watch TV every night that's going to get so much use and people think, Oh, but I have kids. Like it's just going to get ruined. That's why we actually think they should splurge on the really high end, like outdoor fabric, like perennials and get something with like an incredibly built frame and you know, the guts of it where like a cheaper sofa looks sad after six months, if you've been sitting on it, like it's just like, cause it's, it's poor quality foam inside instead of like a spring down wrapped cushion. Um, we also always really love to get people to splurge on custom window treatments because it makes a huge difference, huge. Like they're so expensive and it's the hardest thing to talk people into and convince them it's worth the money. But when they go up, not one person in my 13 year career has ever been like, Oh, I wish I hadn't done that. (laughs) It's like, they just like when they're tailored for your space, it's just, there's nothing that makes a room look more finished and high end than that. Okay. Let's take an ad break to talk about night. If you have been listening for any amount of time, you've definitely heard us talk about this brand, which is because we are totally obsessed. It is the face mask I wear most. Um, I sleep with this pillow every night and the eye mask. And um, I usually have one of their scrunchies in my hair. I'm just such a night fan. So first, we've got to talk about the scrunchies. I did not think that it was possible to be obsessed with a scrunchie, but I was wrong. 
The scrunchies are the best. They're so good. I never use hair elastics at home anymore. I love these scrunchies because they're silk, so they don't damage my hair and they don't leave a crease, which is so major because I've been going longer between washes. So I also sleep with one of them in quite often. I just – I find them so much more comfortable than a standard hair elastic. So the first product that I ever tried was the Famous Pillow, which I think I've had for about five years now. Um, It is a memory foam pillow with a silk pillowcase, and I have been a lifelong insomniac. So it's one of those products that has just made such a noticeable difference in my sleep. What The way it works is that the memory foam gently cradles your head and it bounces back when you change positions so you never wake up with that deflated pillow pancake. Um, And you guys probably have heard me say this before, but when I moved to Charleston for six weeks over the holidays to test it out, I borrowed my mom's night pillow while I was there. I, I truly like hate sleeping without it. And comfort isn't the only benefit. It also has serious skin and hair benefits because of the silk pillowcase. So first of all, silk is non-absorbent, so your pillowcase stays cleaner and it doesn't soak up all of your beauty products or any grime from the day that might still be on your face, which means that you're not laying on that. It doesn't clog your pores overnight. So my favorite stat, which Grace hates, is that the average pillowcase is basically bacterially indistinguishable from a toilet seat. Let that sink in how gross that is. I'm just going to give you a sec. Please yeah, just it's gross. Stop I don't want to sleep on a toilet seat. <laughs> so I, that makes me feel really <laughs> smug about my silk pillowcase. The other thing is that silk also promotes optimal moisture levels for your skin and your hair. So on the hair front, silk is, is much more gentle. It doesn't tug at your hair, which minimizes breakage and also means you wake up with less bedhead. This pillow, the pillowcase, and the other items are all so great. We are pretty sure you're going to love this brand as much as we do. So take 20% off site-wide with code BOPNIGHT at discovernight.com. Again, head to discovernight.com and take 20% off site-wide with code BOPNIGHT. So, Emma, when decorating a rental, which is what both Grace and I are in right now, and I imagine a lot of our listeners are too – Like, we're not going to do a full-on reno, but, like, what are the most impactful changes that you can make in a rental without just, like, throwing money into the wind? Mm -hmm. Um, Painting is the biggest thing, and it makes such a big difference. Your apartment actually is, like, the best example of that because it was bright blue when you moved in. Yeah, there was – Yeah. Carl, our our super, didn't actually repaint it and just left it and there was like a bright blue wall that looked like a it looked like something like a 10 year old boy would pick for his bedroom (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah just like painting over anything like that or even if it's more subtle even if the walls just feel like a little bit dingy or it's not like the exact shade you would pick you can really change the feeling of a room by repainting it so that's so quick and easy and then um again like light fixtures and not necessarily something so expensive um will go such a long way because it just makes your apartment look custom because nobody would like select the boob light. You want something that yeah. has like more personality and more style to it. Um, and that just makes it to me feel so, so, so personal and really not like a rental anymore. Yeah. You made me, not you made me, we switched <laughs> out my lighting in my apartment and there's one that was expensive, but the rest of them were like pretty reasonably priced and like it made a crazy difference. And with, with a lot of the ones we picked, I can see that I'm looking at the one in my living room right now. Like I could see myself bringing them somewhere else too. So like you could reuse it. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Erin? What do you like to do in a rental to zhuzh it up without going like full tilt renovation? Yeah. I mean, besides painting and lighting, which is, we always recommend, um, I would say like hanging impactful art um, really great area rugs. Like if you have wall to wall in a bedroom or something, that's kind of just like layer a really beautiful area rug over it to kind of conceal it. It'll look so much better. Um, and, um, sometimes switching out like hardware, um, um, kitchen cabinetry, if it's like really hideous, like save it. If, if, you know, you want to take it with you or they'll get mad, um, save the old stuff, but like adding that in and, there are some really attractive uh, removable wallpapers out there. So, you know, if it's a bathroom that like is just really sad and has old tile, like pull a color from that old 70s tile and find a like removable wallpaper and stick it on and 
it'll just, it'll change everything. So I think there's a lot you can do um, without investing necessarily in the space itself. I love that advice. Um, my favorite question now, because do you guys follow like, please hate these things and a few of those other accounts? Yes. And I know her. She's a Boston designer. Oh, amazing. I love that account so much. But I think Becca and I are both very curious also because I just want to avoid making these mistakes, but what are some of the most common mistakes that you guys see people making in their apartments that drive you insane? (laughs) Wait, before you answer, did you guys see that viral meme the other, I don't know, it was like a week ago and it was like an HGTV show. That's just somebody walking through people's apartments saying, yuck. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, wow, I would watch that. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think the biggest, the two things that drive me nuts, oh, there's like a million, but um, are two small area rugs, like Rug Island, where it's like the area (laughs) rug is just under the coffee table and like nothing else is touching it. Um, And when people hang their window treatments too low, they don't hang them close to the ceiling. They hang them like on the trim or like right at the top of the window. And that just makes your ceilings look lower. So... Those are the two that really make me nuts. Um, yeah, um, I completely agree with the area <laughs> rug one. Actually, with both. <laughs> um, the other thing I was going to say is I feel like, and you kind of touched on this before, but I feel like especially if somebody has like a beautiful view or a huge window, they sometimes won't put window treatments up. And it like kills me because I know yeah. that they decided not to do that because they thought it would block the view. And actually like 10 out of like hundred percent of the times it makes it look so much better and calls your attention to the window and makes the room feel finished. So that always bugs me a lot. Yeah. Or art hung in weird groupings um, or where there's like art on every single wall, like overdoing it. You've got to like give your eye a break. And it's this is why we're mirrors. working together. I know Grace. <laughs> no, we can't put up more. Yeah. Grace sends me emails like subject line. You're going to kill me. And Sorry. Bought like, more, art. <laughs> more art. I bought. Um, but yeah, you've got to give your eye a break so that like things feel special and they don't feel cluttered. Um, I also really don't like furniture sets. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think anyone does that anymore. Do they? Maybe. I hope not. I hope like, not. You know, sofa love seat matching thing. Yeah. Not, yeah, no, that's not a good look. Also, hanging your art at the wrong height. Yes. Like, or mirrors. If something is too yes. high or too low, that is really super irritating to me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, let's take one last ad break. Today's episode is also sponsored by Uncommon Goods. Uncommon Goods has become one of my favorite places to shop online for gifts. They have such a unique selection of just really cool items for anyone you might be shopping for, whether it's for yourself or for others. Totally agree. On the gifting front, I also love how many like kits and experiential gifts they have. So you can like, they have cooking ones, craft ones. Like it's just more interesting gifts than giving someone a tchotchke, you know? And I've also, for myself, gotten some really cool puzzles from here and some really fun kitchen-y gadgets. And I love that Uncommon Goods helps support artists and small independent businesses, which is also great because it means that their selection is completely unlike anything you'll find anywhere else. Yes, they just have so many great things. I was on their website looking at little objects to style my new shelves with, and I found these dinosaur planters, which I just think are so cool. They also have an amazing section with gift ideas for dad. I know we just had Mother's Day, but Father's Day is like now coming up close. So this they just have such cool stuff that he's actually like going to want. One thing that you and I had talked about offline was all of the kits that they have. And they have this like make your own hot sauce kit. And I just think that's such a smart idea. They also have these cool bitters that you can put inside beer. And then one of my personal favorite gifts to give anyone is a puzzle with the New York Times cover from any day in history. So you could give that for a birthday, an anniversary, any special important date. Oh, that's such a good idea. Yeah. I also love that Uncommon Goods is a Brooklyn-based company that's all about giving back. So with every purchase you make, they give back a dollar to a nonprofit partner of your choice. And they've donated over $2.5 million to date. 
Yes. Uncommon Goods is the place to go for thoughtful, original gifts for everyone in your life. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash BOP. That's uncommongoods.com slash BOP for 15% off. Do not miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods. They're all out of the ordinary. Okay. So before we let you go, as we're winding down, I have I'm going to ask the tacky question, which I asked you in advance if I could ask you. So it's like, it's, it's tacky, but it's not like, I'm not putting you on. We got spot. permission. You're not like blindsided. I don't us. want You're people like... to think I'm a monster. Um, no, no. <laughs> I know people who are listening are wondering, like, what is the entry level cost to working with a designer that's like at your level? Who's going to go first? You go first. Me go first. <laughs> so it's not cheap. I could tell you that like the home polish thing didn't work because the business model didn't work because it, it, they weren't paying people enough uh, and devaluing what our job is. So basically we work on an hourly fee plus markup and the hourly fee is important because it allows us to shop and, and source from wherever, from Target, from the design center, from, you know, like really mix and match. Whereas the old school model was markup only. So you would only be presenting trade items, which are by nature more expensive. To do a room top to bottom, it varies greatly with the decisiveness of the client. So if I have a client who gives me tons of direction and I do a board and a design and we do a floor plan and all these things takes probably, you know, it could cost anywhere between for us between really, I hate giving numbers, but like literally as low as four grand to design a room, like a living room up to, I've had people, very indecisive people where I've had to redo boards like seven or eight times up to 15,000 just for the design part, because they can't make a decision. They don't know what they want. They want me to keep bringing options and that costs money because it's my time. We do remote design where we do like, we try to keep things at a certain um, amount, but expect to spend a few thousand at least per room on design fees alone. Um, And you have to calculate that into your budget. When you're giving a designer a budget, you have to to back out that fee as well. Um, so you can't say, oh, I've got $25,000 to do two rooms or one room. And you've got to remind yourself that you've got to back out our fee. Um, so yeah, the more decisive you are, the fewer hours we bill, the cheaper it is. So I would say don't, don't engage a designer until you are very certain of what you want. You have ideas, um, you have a plan, um, because time is money, as it is for everyone in this kind of service industry. Yeah. And it is like, it's a luxury business. So I feel like yeah. people like sometimes I think know that there are trade discounts and they're like, oh, maybe I'm being savvy. And it's not like it's it's a luxury business. It is expensive. Um, but I mean, hopefully it's it's very, very worth it and money well spent. Yeah, I agree. I think like when you think about the time it would take you to filter through the options and do the research and you calculate your time value as somebody who's working or whatever, or the time away from your kids or time, whatever, you know, we're going to be able to do it 10 times faster, even though it's expensive, it is more efficient. And then it's something you can outsource. The value is there in both in the finished product. That's, that is a long-term investment, but also in the short term, which is sanity, a little more time. Um, and, you know, letting somebody who is really good at this specific thing handle it for you. I know personally for me, just because I'd never done it before, I had like sticker shock when I first yeah. saw a price. And then being on the other side of it, I would do it again in a heartbeat and like having seen how much work Emma put in and like what the things were that she did, like having more clarity on like what actually the process was. I'm Mm -hmm. like, Oh my God, it was, it was money so well spent. That's awesome. Because I would have done a terrible job or I would have been like (laughs) pulling my hair out. But also think of like things you would have bought that would have been mistakes and that's money wasted. Totally. That's Um, a great point. Yeah. You know, like you buy a sofa and lo and behold, it doesn't fit up your stairwell, oh, you know, or, you know, yeah. <laughs> and there are people that can fix that for you. These magic yeah. furniture doctors, but like, 
there's a lot of people that that hire us after they've said, oh, I'm going to try to do it myself. And they spend all this money on stuff that just doesn't work, doesn't fit the space. And then they just get so frustrated. And it's, and it's sad because they've wasted tons of money on furniture that doesn't work instead of investing in hiring somebody with the knowledge base to give them what they want the first time around. So hopefully we recognize this is probably out of a lot of people's budgets, but do you have recommendations for like less high touch services or options if this is out of somebody's price range, but they're, you know, moving into a place and they're like, I want some help, but maybe not that much help. Yeah. I think like one thing that I really love about the design industry is designers are very willing to help each other and speak to each other. And people are pretty open with each other. Um, and I feel like if you have a designer that you like and you reach out to them and you're honest with your budget and it doesn't work, they probably have tons of designers who they can refer you mm-hmm. to who have a similar style, who maybe like they used to work with or they're a mentor to them. Um, and it's a really great way also to kind of meet somebody who's more new and up and coming and like potentially develop like a longer term relationship with, because if you're young and starting out and you're going to move to all these apartments, like it's great to have that person who knows you and has worked with you a million times before. So true. Like uh, we, I had, um, a woman who worked for me for eight years and she had kids and couldn't commute anymore and went out on her own. And I said, well, she's younger. Um, and started her own thing and she's doing amazing now. And I always am like, if someone, if either we, you know, cause we're, to be honest, like right now we're booking for 2022. We're super busy and, and we have a threshold of hours. Like we don't take on projects less than a certain amount of hours. And I feed them down to her and she's now like gotten some really amazing big jobs from it. And and yeah, so like reach out, like, like Emma said, like, you never know, like somebody's former assistant or junior designer, maybe trying to start their own thing. And, and we're happy to help them and happy to give, give work to them and know that they're going to do a good job. Yeah. And I think people sometimes feel like so intimidated to reach out to designers because it does seem like there's a lot of mystery yeah. around it, but we're never like laughing at your budget. Like, just tell us, like, <laughs> it's yeah, totally yeah. normal. Let's just like be honest about it. And then we can like help you figure out a plan. Yeah. You guys have been incredible. Can Seriously. you do us the favor of telling us where people can find you on the internet, what your websites are, if people want to look at your work and potentially work with you? Sure. sure. My website is emmaberrell.com. Um, and Beryl is B-E-R-Y-L. And my Instagram is also at Emma Beryl. And um, our professional website is AaronGatesDesign.com. And my blog is ElementsOfStyleBlog.com. And my Instagram is at ElementStyle. Amazing. All right. Thank you guys so much. This was super fun. So let's get into some end matter. It looks like neither of us have an Instagram obsession this week. Yeah, I don't have one this week. I haven't followed anyone new that I'm really excited about. I have a very hardcore regular obsession. It is not new to me, but I'm newly obsessed with it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I love this product too. So it's the Charlotte Tilbury Flawless Filter product. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've had this for a couple years. It is probably expired. So what it is, well, I don't know how to describe it. So I'm, we're going to get sued for you encouraging people to use <laughs> use expired beauty products. I'm not encouraging them to like buy it and then wait two years to use it. I'm just telling you what I did. Um, <laughs> Do not be like Becca. <laughs> no, don't be like me. So it's this, um, I think it's meant to be either used as a primer or as a highlighter, but I'm kind of just using it as the only game in town right now, just as like my full face product because do you remember when Blair Edie came on the podcast and and just Blair in general like whenever I see her she always looks so glowing and this is what she she wears this all over her face yes so anyway I um I don't know a couple weeks ago I had a I had a bunch of zoom calls and I didn't want to put on a full face of foundation because I just felt like that felt too heavy for my skin and so I just kind of like dabbed this on all over and then used a um, like a big kabuki brush to kind of just like blend it in. And it, OK, it is like my new Zoom secret because like that compare 
combined with the zoom like blur my appearance you just look like so glowy and healthy and great but also like I don't feel like I'm wearing a ton of makeup it's an actual Instagram filter for your face truly truly or it's like the snapchat pretty filter remember that yes Yes. It's like that. It's exactly like that. So I've just been really into just kind of wearing it as my face makeup for, you know, well, for real life, but also just for Zoom calls when I'm like, uh, I don't want to put on a whole face of makeup, but I like have to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. I've had it in my beauty cabinet for forever. I just like, it hasn't been a staple for me, but like now I'm very obsessed. Yeah. What about you? It's a good one. Mine is just some furniture that's come. Um, I ordered a lot of my new my new furniture from CB2. I love um, I still CB2. Have, I have quite a few things that are coming. I do have a bone to pick with CB2. Like I ordered a bunch of things at once and some things were ready and they only shipped. They were like, oh, we, we were just waiting to ship everything when it, when it was all there. I was like, I could really use my bookshelves and my chair. <laughs> Like, cause those were in stock from day one. Unless you call them. If, if you call furniture places, they usually will. But otherwise, you know, it's like added cost call- for them to deliver twice. Well, I ended up calling them and, and yeah. working that out, but I was just like, so do you have to order each item individually? <laughs> but I have a, this beautiful like white boucle chair that I'm obsessed with. Oh, I saw it on um, Instagram. It's so pretty. It's so pretty. It's from actually, Erin picked it out, but it's from, um, their collaboration with Goop, which I didn't even know that they did that. I didn't know either. Yeah, it's called the Gwyneth Chair. And then I also got um, some really beautiful, just like plain white shelves, which Erin also picked out because they're really tall. Mm-hmm. Like I think they're like, I don't remember how tall they are, but my my ceilings are like 13 feet. So you, I needed something like tall. Otherwise, the bookshelf just looks really short and squat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, they're great. I'm still like playing around with styling them, but they're really affordable for other versus other shelves that I saw and they um they had to be put together by a handyman but um they're great things are coming together over at Chateau Stripe does your um, yeah does your new apartment have a name no it doesn't have a name okay I um I made I named my wi-fi the Stripe Hotel South um because I called my my apartment back in Brooklyn and Stripe Hotel what about reading Okay, so when we initially recorded this introduction outro, outro the first time, I was complaining about reading. I had finally finished Opal and Nev, and I was like, I need something addictive. I felt like my relationship with reading had become like a bad romantic relationship where I was falling out of love. And um, I would like to tell you that I've rekindled my the sparks with reading, and um, I started reading Anna Kay Away. Oh my God, about- so good. It's so good. I'm about 150 pages in. Um, I'm really enjoying it. It feels like I'm reunited with like these badly behaved teens and I'm enjoying the K-pop angle. Me too. I liked this one more than the first one, I think. Do you? Um, I can't say that because I loved the first one. I feel like I loved the first one. You were like medium on it. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. I loved the second one though. What are you reading? So I'm reading this book called The Gunkle by Stephen Rowley, and it comes out at the end of May. And I'm only halfway through, but it is so cute so far. I highly recommend it. Um, It's about this man who um, is a famous Hollywood actor who's kind of like left the limelight after his like very famous show went off the air. And his best friend, who is also married to his brother, passes away suddenly and his brother is going to rehab. And so he ends up taking the children to live with him for the summer. And so the gunkle is for the gay uncle. And so he brings the kids, the two kids who are like six and nine to his um, house in Palm Springs, where he very much has this like kind of lonely bachelor existence. And it very much reminds me of what is that movie where Cameron Diaz has to take in the two kids? I don't know, but this reminds me of Baby Boom with Diane Keaton. Oh, I've never seen that. There's a Cameron Diaz movie uh, where she has to take her sister's kids and she like doesn't know anything about having children, but then she like falls in love with them. Anyway, it's very sweet. I'm enjoying it a lot. And um, this sounds up your alley. You should definitely pre-order because pre-ordering really helps authors. It does. And in the meantime, if that doesn't appeal to you, um, we also have our May book club coming up next week. So we're reading The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. 
Yes, it is a fun mystery. Becca keeps calling it a thriller. I think it's more of a mystery. It's it's like safe. Nobody dies. Nobody gets hurt. I don't think Um, somebody has to die for it to be a thriller. It's a mystery, um, which I fully realize I'm crazy. Um, But (laughs) it's not a scary thriller. It's a mystery, and it's really, really good. I read it in one day says the person who like hasn't been reading much so please just like take it as a sign of how good this book is because I like feel like I haven't been able to read lately and this book I just put everything down like shirked all my responsibilities for the day and read but it is about this woman who she meets her dream man she's completely in love with him and um he has this teenage daughter and one day he disappears leaving the daughter a bag of money and her a note just saying protect her And it's kind of like the story of what happened. And I think that there's some interesting conversations because I don't agree with everything like that the characters did. And I think we'll have some some good um, talks about about the ending and about the twists. Well, I'm excited to read it this weekend to prep for book club. Yeah, it's a good one. And in the meantime, if you would like more of us, uh, come join us in our Facebook group. Uh, And you can also follow us on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. Yeah. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. See you next week.